Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, Thursday, uh, December 15th, uh, I've got a little snow flurries blowing around here in the capital city, which is Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm your host, Jack Riggins, always trying to restore American values and bring a little common sense and sanity to the capital city here in Nebraska. Um, it is nice to see the little snow. Uh, we're continuing today uh, talking all things election, fraud, and integrity. Oh, and Johnny Cadillac, executive producer of the show, is giving me a mean look. because Thank I did, you. I didn't say his name in the first 10 seconds. <laughs> uh, you know, Johnny, the old, the old broadcasters tell me I'm just supposed to not even acknowledge you. Yeah. You've chose to, since day one to not listen to him. So why change that now? Well, I take their advice, but, you know, in the end of the day, <laughs> I appreciate your company in here and your, your producership and uh, love your wrestling angle to bring it to the show. But anyway. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Johnny is here and he, he's getting a new car after sideswiping that deer. <laughs> uh, anyway, serious topic. We've been covering election integrity. Kind of all week. I mean, it kind of comes and it goes and it comes and it goes. And there's lots of people, lots of Americans that it doesn't do that. It is front and center in what they're looking at. It's front and center um, in their belief structure. And frankly, it's front and center in mind now. Uh, why? Well, I've told you, due to the Twitter revelations, uh, it is clear that major powers, major entities have been usurping subverting and undermining our constitutional processes. And so it isn't and shouldn't be a huge jump or conspiracy to Americans that while there is probably fraud in all elections, there has been a heightened sense of attack on our systems which underpinned the way we govern. And one of the experts in that is my guest, uh, retired Air Force Colonel Sean Smith out of Colorado, and I think currently with Cause for America. And he uh, not only is a, a fantastic or was Air Force officer with all those credentials, but an election systems as expert. So welcome to the show, Sean. Thanks very much, Jack. How are you? Well, we're doing well, but uh, I have to say, uh, after the Twitter revelations, uh, I like to hold out hope on things. Um, and in fact, to me, it brings back election integrity, security fraud that many of my fellow Nebraskans have really been digging into since 2020. And obviously you in Colorado and many other personalities nationwide. And I think that there is something that we all need to be nonpartisanly investigated because we have to get elections right in this country. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Uh, I think a lot of people, you know, we, we talk about this a lot. When I was in the military, we talk about the things that you just can't pay attention to. You know, we're a forward looking people. People have their heads down, focused on their own business. In particular, I think, you know, people who are uh, independent or conservative or focused on their own responsibilities, their families, their businesses, commerce, you know, that kind of thing, raising children, raising families. They're not so much focused on everybody else's business, but but I'm, you know, I'm, I say mea culpa because I'm as guilty as anybody else and probably guiltier than most in having ignored what was going on with my government. And uh, once I saw what was happening, and I didn't, 
you know, we talked a little bit about this. I didn't get involved because of election results. I got involved because I was looking at some data about turnout, and I thought, that's not right. And when I started researching, I realized just how bad it was, how bad our voter rolls were, uh, how inexplicable and sort of implausible the turnout and registration numbers were and the trends were. And by the time I was done, you know, I had read all kinds of voting system manuals and test reports, and that really sort of overlapped between the data and the research, which I was trained to do, and then the testing of the complex computer-based systems, which I was trained to do. It, it really all came into my wheelhouse, and I realized our election system was really corrupt and um, really untrustworthy. And, uh, you know, if you've been in, if you've been in the military and you know what other people sacrifice, then you uh, you realize you owe them something you can't repay. So, yeah, you know, so that's I, what I'm doing. yeah, I and I appreciate it. Um, and there's I, I think a lot of folks uh, I know for me and many veterans here in Nebraska, we got together just in getting out of service. And one of the things prior to any of this was we were just discussing, you know, what does our oath mean when we say all enemies foreign and domestic? And we were taught, as you were, you know, that foreign, 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 foreign. And I never really gave it much thought. But, you know, in retirement, and I wouldn't say necessarily in retirement, I'd say we're all still always on guard because that's what our freedom it protects us. Um, but all of a sudden, I started to think about that. And then as these things started to pop up as potential threats, right? Potential threats to the constitutional republic. I guess guys like us take a look. You know, we, we think through it. And uh, one of the things that I've come to this conclusion in the last couple of years is that if we can't have secure elections, and more importantly, a vast amount of trust in our elections, um, that probably is the number one threat to national security. So, therefore, it is in my wheelhouse, and it is in your wheelhouse. Yeah, that's exactly right. If, if there, are, if you can't trust the election, if you don't have transparency, and people can't verify for themselves, how do we know that our will is done and we've given our consent? It's I'm not talking about individuals. You know, you you don't always get what you want in an election outcome. Um, And I never, you know, not only just that I was on active duty, but it never occurred to me to challenge, um, you know, and and really demand the transparency in the election. I just wasn't paying attention to it. I was focused on foreign enemies. And I thought that, uh, you know, people were following the Constitution and law. Well, but you know, that happening. well, that's funny because I, I guess I've said this many times. My biggest disappointment of over my 20 years of service was when I did get the time to kind of just vector a little bit of my energies of which I did right as you did and, and everybody who volunteers does on our foreign enemies towards what was going on. I felt really sick to my stomach because i just assumed that everybody else back home especially elected officials were generally following the constitution generally knew what it was about generally um did the will of the people and if that didn't happen the will of the people could speak in voting or you know peaceful protests and what i found is wow i'm really really disappointed in home station yeah, I think we're so for the first in the first place, and you know, pre- present company accepted. I don't know if you consider yourself media or not, but our media has just absolutely betrayed 
the sort of sacred position they have within our democratic republic of trying to challenge and speak truth to power. And as a result, uh, between that and between lots of other societal factors, as well as, you know, by and large, poor and incomplete education, lack of civics education, that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. our citizens are are largely poorly informed. I mean, there's a lot of people woken up in the last few years to what's been going on and sort of like coming out of a coma. You know, it's like waking up from the matrix. Uh, Even now, you can see the sort of establishment and the narrative pushers trying to reinforce and hold on to uh, the captive audience, trying to discredit anybody who challenges it. I I deal with them every day. I mean... I'll bet you do. I, I swear a lot on, on social media, but I also, and I'm not, you know, I'm not proud of it or anything. I just, I think a lot of people have it coming. Well, so. the way I look at it is um, the system, if you will, has been trying to get people woke, but in fact, a lot of people have waken up and I would put myself in that category. And no, I don't consider myself media, although I'm on a radio station, I would say that I'm here and was brought here for that exact purpose to speak the truth and speak what common people see and process and to explain it because I have the time and the platform to explain it as a common American person. And I would consider myself a patriot. If anything, Uh, my whole life has been as a patriot. And, uh, you know, I felt that the biggest thing institutionally besides elected officials maybe not always working for the people is the media being that checks and balances completely betrayed america and if not just hijack the information streams which then of course feed into people and you know uh, what we and you know very good as psyops and it bothers me it bothers me that there is tactics techniques and procedures that i have seen used on our enemies that are going on every day by major media corporations in America on, on my fellow citizens. Yeah, a hundred percent. You see that bleed over. It's, I, I almost, in some ways, I can't blame some citizens, especially because I myself was not paying attention to it. Right, right. I'm the same and way. It, and it was an accident. It was a, you know, I was, I told people this, I was sitting at home on election day in 2020 you know, fat, dumb, and happy. I had already voted in person, and I was just reading the news, just browsing the news, and I saw this article, and it's just a fluke that the article, I read it deep enough that I thought, that's eh, weird, that doesn't seem right, and and I started pulling that thread, and that is the short version of the last two years of my life. I just went down the rabbit hole, and I found out there's an entire system of caves underneath it. Yeah. Yeah. Again, we're on with uh, Colonel retired from the Air Force, Sean Smith, um, right now involved with Cause uh, for America. Correct, Sean? That's correct. Yeah. Cause of America is a nonprofit, um, nonpartisan. All we do is try to help state grassroots organizations get control of their own state election apparatus, you know, get to the truth about their election systems or processes. And then we're trying to sort of be a clearinghouse to share techniques, tools, guidelines, and information um, across all the states so that we can enable. We It started off with a lot of people who had stood up one of the grassroots organizations in Colorado, USCIP, U.S. Election Integrity Plan. And, um, you know, a lot of the lessons that we learned the hard way 
we were trying to help people shortcut. So we were trying to deliver some of those sort of products, lesson learns, guides, et cetera. But the truth is, there, you know, and I have this debate all the time. There's a lot of organizations, and I don't want to name all the specifics except just to say in all regards, Federalist 51 is undefeated. Like it's, it's conclusions about, you know, the nature of human beings and human affairs <laughs> and the tendency of people to try to accrue power and that, you know, humans are no angels. Those principles are the distilled window, wisdom of thousands of years of political philosophy and, you know, human observation, and they hold true all the time. So I see these institutions that claim to be working in election integrity, and many of them just seem to want to raise funds and sort of build up an army that they can control and command. Cause of America does not want to do that. We're trying to enable grassroots because it doesn't matter what we do if citizens aren't in control right. of their own elections in their own local environment and in their states. When we're done, it'll just happen again. Yeah, boy, great reference there uh, on philosophy. Uh, again, I suspect both being uh, former officers, of course, I'm I'm a seagoing one. Um, we have a, a deep understanding and read and thinking of historical, not only political philosophy, but, you know, humankind um, that we really don't get enough credit for. People don't realize we study all this stuff. Um, and again, we vector it for as long as we serve on foreign enemies. And as you begin to bring it back home, you just you start to ask questions. Which, by the way, is your American right? And I would submit that it is how we keep this place in check. And that is that the people are keeping elected officials and, and systems in place. And if we do go to sleep, well, then we're going to lose it. And that also is historical fact. Um, so I applaud you and Cause of America for doing that, because I do think it can get muddy and many, many people all across every state are really looking into this. And one of the things I, I want to talk about in the second segment is the systems, because for me, I find the systems of uh, that are being used in elections now and all the information that's out there a little bit confusing, but uh, also a little bit scary uh, both ways, right? Uh, automation is great for some things, but um, in the fact that it has to be almost no fail, right? So, for instance, uh, I'm sure you had plenty of systems in the Air Force. I mean, I mean, we can't have submarines that just self-launch nuclear missiles. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, you could. I mean, it would last very long. But right. Yeah, everybody who's worked with technology understands that everything that can fail will fail. Right. Everything can fail. Yeah, and so we've got to have, and, and I guess my impetus is that we've got to have foolproof systems because elections in a free society and ours are so important to the fact that we, the people, keep election uh, elected officials accountable through that mechanism. And so, um, if you don't mind, that is what we will absolutely do. I thought this would be interesting for you. Um, so we had an election here, okay? Legislative district. It was separated by 200 votes, 224 to be exact. It was 11,000 votes. And the candidate asked for a hand recount. And it got thrown out today by court because he electronically signed a document that was supposed to be notarized. So it got thrown out on technicality, which I think is hilarious. Nonetheless, Secretary of State said it would cost $11,000 to hand recount it. In the end, the recount's not going to happen. You and I both know, and I've been saying on air, I could count those 11,000 votes in probably one day, definitely two days. 
my point yeah. is that decision totally fuels the fire that we can't see what our votes were. Yeah, there's an iron curtain that our government and these institutions, National Association of Secretaries of State, National Association of State Election Directors, the Election Assistance Commission, which of course part of the government, um, these institutions, and, and I could name very, you know, many more, mostly NGOs or nonprofits, mostly left-leaning that have been established over the last 20 years. They have pushed this centralized technological infrastructure that deprives citizens of transparency right. into their elections. At the most, they are not transparent. And if citizens can't verify the results and the basis of the results for themselves, they have no reason to trust the results that are reported, and they should not. And this iron curtain is descended, reinforced by the media and you know groups like, uh, what is it, the 65 Project that attacks any yeah. lawyer that tries to bring um, an election integrity lawsuit or complaint, they attack them and try to get them disbarred, try to get them sanctioned. It's an it's an epidemic. I mean, it's it's you know this idea of technicalities and dismissing lawsuits. Like Americans aren't dumb; they can see the pattern at this point. Right. You know, if you look at a Venn diagram between cases uh, or complaints which are moot because the injury hasn't happened yet and latches because they waited too long. It's an overlapping Venn diagram, and it turns out there's no actual time frame in which citizens and candidates have standing to bring a case yeah. that isn't dismissed on administrative grounds. And we've seen it again and again. Yeah, and again. I mean, I, you know, it's, I don't think it's hyper-nefarious here. I, but no. That's at this moment. But I think it's ridiculous that we can't count 11,000 votes in Nebraska. Um, Sean, well, we'll be... We'll be back on. I got to take a break real quick. Okay. 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 Uh, Colonel Sean Smith on with us on KLIN fourteen hundred ninety nine three. You're getting the four one one from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. And welcome back to Drive Time Lincoln. Commander is busy at the moment. This is Executive Producer Johnny Cadillac. Commander, go ahead. I'm back. <laughs> I get you know we have these little breaks here on Drive Time Lincoln, uh, and sometimes we get, we get lost in thought uh, in between. I'll tell you what though, I'm really enjoying talking with uh, Colonel Sean Smith of Cause of America and uh, what he and they are doing with regard to ensuring our elections are secure and really getting the information out to grassroots groups to affect at the local level to ensure that our elections are right and they're secure and we can trust them we'll be back with him and johnny and me on klin 1499.3 oh 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 o'reilly you need parts o'reilly auto parts has parts need them fast we've got fast no matter what you need we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it product availability just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, uh, Thursday, what day is it? December 15th, I said at the beginning of the show. 
Uh, Jack Riggins back, hosting Drive Time Lincoln, Johnny Cadillac producing. Uh, really enjoying our guest, uh, retired Air Force Colonel Sean Smith with Cause of America. Cause of America is an independent, nonpartisan, nonprofit organization focused on election integrity. Uh, they exist to enable and facilitate grassroots citizens' action to conduct, control, manage, monitor, and verify their elections on local, state, and national levels. I think the key word there, for me anyway, is to verify. We we have to be able to verify at this point, given all the information that it's out there, given the way we conduct elections, and how important they are to our society in this constitutional republic. And certainly, there's questions about it. And if you look at the case just here in Lincoln, uh, Legislative District 26, Russ Barger um, and Mr. Dunnigan, 224 votes separate the difference between a conservative-controlled legislature and not. Uh, That's a big deal. But yet, as we were discussing earlier, this iron curtain, as Sean would say, and I think that's pretty accurate, uh, we can't get a recount. In this case, we couldn't get a recount because today the judge said we're throwing it out because an electronic signature wasn't good when it required a notary. Really? We're not going to count 11,000 votes? That's all it is, folks. It's 11,000 votes to be counted. Candidate wanted them hand-counted. We should be able to do that with no drama, no Back and forth, no partisan stuff, just a simple verification of the elections. But the court's passed on it, which means it's probably not going to happen. Let's welcome Sean uh, back here in studio. Sean, thanks again for staying on the line. You bet, Jack. You know, uh, systems. I know that you're an election systems expert, and you, you dug into it, and um, as you said earlier, just kind of stumbled upon it. But before we get into maybe some of the details, could you possibly give me the the KISS overview of our systems, or the third grader. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I don't think I understand kind of our systems and where they can be faulty. Okay. Well, I'll, I will say first, we've got, you've got three potential problems with elections, broad categories of problems. You need to be able to know for sure that your voters are legitimate voters, right? That their identity has been verified that they're eligible, that they've only voted once, that they're voting in the correct precincts or jurisdictions so that so that everybody who should have a say in the uh, elections in a given jurisdiction does and nobody who doesn't should, you know, or does. Yes. So first, the first problem is that make sure you, that you know your voters are correct. Then it's the ballots themselves, and there's a whole set of problems that is coming with, uh, you know, not just COVID, which accelerated, it was an excuse for the acceleration of uh, some very, very bad ideas and weak standards. But then uh, also the machines, the voting machines themselves. Um, so, and that, and they produce the count. So it's the voters, the ballot, and the count. If you figure out how to get trustworthy results that, that are 100% transparent, and if they're, again, if they're not 100% transparent to any citizen, we should reject them and anyone who claims we should depend on a system that doesn't provide it. It's not necessary. You know, you couldn't, <clears throat> you couldn't go to the moon without some serious technology, although there's more technology in my watch than they had on the Apollo mission. Right. So, right. You, you don't, it doesn't have to be what we're, what we're doing now. And, and that's an important point. It's been pushed for a reason. So, so where do we use technology right now? First place is in the centralized voter registration systems that typically also, they, they hold the voting history, 
the names of the voters, their information. They typically also hold the signatures that are used for <laughs> signature verification for mail-in or early voting. And all of that is dangerous. None of those are trustworthy. They can't be secured. And I can get into detail about that, but we've got a serious shortage in the cyber workforce in the United States. For the 3,000 plus counties and the tens of thousands of precincts or hundreds of thousands of precincts, even at the state level, I've met and talked to many state level um, kind of cyber leads. Honestly, and without meaning anything you know harsh about it, they're not good enough for the threat that is posed and the type of compromises that are possible. You know, for example, um, states a lot of times are using technology that's five years old, 10 years old. If you look up the components for that technology that are being used, both hardware and software, in uh, MITRE, the nonprofit um, sort of governmental contractor that produces what's called CVE or Common Vulnerability and Exploit, it's a database of all known uh, vulnerabilities and exploits in hardware and software, um, at least the ones that are going to be pub publicly acknowledged. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't they don't acknowledge defense systems or right. those kind of things. But but you will find literally thousands upon thousands of published vulnerabilities in the technology that we're using in our voter registration system. And, that, and then, you know, you look at surveys of the individual government officials responsible for the security of those systems, and you find that they're not even universally implementing just the most basic cyber hygiene you know they're not so so in simple not. so in simple terms in either the administrators aren't talented aren't talented enough the security experts cybersecurity experts um and again if we elevate that this is one of the most important things in a constitutional republic in ours right then that would tell us we need to get the talent pool needs to be up now what I'm hearing is, okay, some of that can be done via systems. However, however, that requires everybody to keep up to date on the patches, et cetera, et cetera. And as you said, many of the systems have built in old software or whatever that's vulnerable and exploited probably all over the world by any kind of actor, including, you know, some kid in his basement with his mom who wants to do it just for fun. And we aren't simply taking our virus software and keeping it current. Yeah, it's not just the virus software. There's, for example, you know, I'll talk this about. Well, I'm giving you an example of a, what I'm trying to say is like the typical one person at home that goes, gee, I don't know why my computer keeps crashing. And they call yeah. somebody and they go, well, you're not updating your virus software every day or, you know, every two days, whatever. And, and so what you're saying, and I'm paraphrasing, is there's tons of vulnerabilities. Yeah, it's a it's it's at a scale that most people can't imagine. Right. In particular, the advanced foreign threat is so significant, it's so severe that it kind of defies imagination. A typical day, you know, there are over a million signature files added to antivirus definitions. They're stochastic, you know, so they're variants. You know, if the if the antivirus systems are detecting one virus signature. They may alter it a little bit to try to hide it. It's the same thing actual, you know, pathogenic viruses do in the wild, right? right. Pathogens mutate, their signatures change, our immune systems don't necessarily recognize them when they change. Well, hackers are doing the same thing with cyber threat. And and so and those but but remember when you get a update to your antivirus signatures, 
those are viruses that have been detected, characterized, typed, and profiled. They're not the zero days that the world hasn't seen yet. Right. They're They're, the, our software is not proactive. It is correct. reactive. That's correct. Yes. That's and, correct. And so what you're saying is, our, what I'm hearing is our systems are antiquated, the ones that we're using, and the operators are also understaffed, under-talented, and that's just the way it is. I mean, sometimes you're just not good enough. Yeah, it's exactly right. I mean, the, the, most, the most capable people, for the most part, some of them go into government because government lets you do some things that are fun that you can't do in private industry, like attack enemies. Right. right. So there are people who are attracted to that. And yeah, but you do it behind about three closed skiff doors, and you don't talk right. to your buddy about it. And, and that's, that's a right. big difference between, uh, you know, the local courthouse clerk that uh, doesn't understand, you know, how to do the Excel spreadsheet database on the voter roll. That's exactly right. The, the level of expertise required to meet and sort of defend systems against the threat that exists and, and that they're facing is far far above any capability level that you will typically find, even in federal government administrators. I, I doubt you'll find even a single state administrator and zero county administrators. Maybe there's one or two somewhere where it's somebody who, you know, really was capable and retired and, you know, then they did it for fun or out of a sense of civic duty. But also the truth is the people who are good enough to really defend against the attacks that come from both machine attacks and frankly, autism. A lot of the very best cyber operators and hackers are autistic, and they have kind of a savant capability to focus and to see things, vulnerabilities, like, you know, Neo in the Matrix. Yeah, no, I, I totally get it. I mean, I'm sure you, I mean, we, you know, I was a manhunter in the military, and so, you know, okay. I, I relied completely on on all of the uh, experts from the IC um and frankly um we were lucky enough to have them right in our skiff and uh let me tell yeah. you what they're brilliant and they're brilliant at what they do and I don't understand it and they do have those qualities and uh they just see what others don't yeah that's right and there there just aren't enough of those people so th so it's true about the voter registration systems and the, the, double, the double whammy for those is that most of them are exposed to the public-facing Internet, which is like a gigantic – I mean, we call that attack surface in the cyber environment. Anything that exposes or there's an open or an opportunity, you know, it's like a it's – like I don't know if you were a SWO or a boomer or – what, what did you do in the Navy? I was a frogman. Okay. Okay. Uh, even so, I'm uh, even I'm even lower class dumber than those guys. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there's a, it's a special class, honestly. You know, the people who put themselves at risk in that way. So, thank you. Well, um, the truth is, though, it, it, that part is fun. Um, the, the the as we used to say, the uh, F three EAD, the find fix part uh, was hard, and it was done by a lot of people in the cyber community and, and other experts in the IC. And uh, we were just lucky enough, you know, to get down on the ground and, and put it to work. But but the point is, I always think when I left service, is that. If America has some weak points, and specifically in our society as, you know, the thing that we protected, it is things like this. It's the civilian infrastructure in certain areas, um, and defense has its weak points too, but I mean, this is a real, real threat because our elections have so many consequences. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so... 
you know, that public-facing Internet for the electronic voter registration systems is like having a screen door on the back of a submarine, okay? Mm-hmm. It, it, that, that boat's going to sink, right? Yeah, it's going to take <laughs> on water. <laughs> yeah, you just don't do it. So, and, and they're, they're not, um, how do I say this? Well, they're the- probably worse than the voting machines themselves. But and part of the reason for that, so the voting machines. So real quick, number one to summarize, because you said you know making sure voters are legit. Basically, yeah. the fact that the voter rolls are on basically the open net, they absolutely can be changed, adjusted all the time without anybody really noticing. Because again, the quality of people and the software they're using at these local sites just isn't up for the task. That and you, you know, citizens don't have access generally to the information. If they do, it's delayed. Frequently, it's at a cost. You know, some states have charged twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars for access to information that is public and that the public requires to understand who is being allowed to vote. Right, right. So, that that's BS. I'm sorry to tell you, a hundred percent. And so, Help America Vote Act in two thousand two um, provided this whole structure of incentives, grants, mandates driving states towards centralized voter registration systems, well, that puts control, centralized control, the exact opposite of what the founders understood and called for. Our government was designed to be decentralized for a reason. It was no accident. And so every time we centralize anything, there's an immense risk to it. And and this is no exception. And the benefit, you could have gotten the benefit of that they got in centralization, the ability to compare between and across states or within and across states, you could have gotten that in ways that didn't put control over voter rolls in a centralized location that basically makes it, you know, it's too sweet. It's too sweet not to attack and compromise. Yeah. And now tell me about the machines. A lot of people ask me about the machines. And, and to be honest, I, you know, ESNS is right here in Omaha and, and their expert hasn't come on. He's volunteered too. He just, he hasn't been able to come on yet, but, um, but again, the machines are hard for people to grasp. Yeah, it's, so so I'm going to start talking about the machines with a quote from a 2012 book by a, a educator named Sheila Park. This is not some kind of a you know cyber expert. She's not. She in fact, I think she's a Democrat, but I don't know. I've never verified. So her book is called "While We Still Have Time." And uh, the subtitle is The Perils of Electronic Voting Machines and Democracy Solution. This is 2012 now. Okay, about two minutes, Sean, just so you know. Okay. What she says is, it's the electronic voting machines, stupid. And what she's getting at here is our voting systems are built on, the, on computers that are manufactured overseas with no supply chain security. And they are tested by a regime that's inadequate to begin with and then won't allow security testers to do adequate security testing for the threats that they face. And we have this on sworn testimony from Clay Parikh, who tested for the voting system uh, testing labs for nine years. So they use all this software. They're very complex. They don't even require that they don't have wireless networking devices in them. The whole regime of testing and certification for the voting systems is a sham. It's an absolute sham. They haven't been able to detect the vulnerabilities that have been found by independent researchers. They have no explanation for the things that happened, like in Williamson County, Tennessee, Maricopa, DeKalb County, down in Georgia, where the vote for a Democrat candidate in the primary was completely flipped 
and only through the hand count did they get the accurate count. It was off by thousands of votes. Uh, we cannot trust voting systems. You just described the worst-case scenario. Something built overseas with lack of control, brought in with a substandard testing regime, and no expert, no access by experts who can tell you what's going on. Exactly. And, and the, to tell the truth, uh, and it pains me to say it, the voting system vendors, the companies, and I include ES&S in this, and I'll be welcome to say this, thing, I'll be glad to say it in court, they cannot be trusted. ES&S lied to the government and to its clients in 2000 to 2006. They did it again in 2007. They were sued by governments over that. Oh. 2020, they had a hash file mismatch. The EAC had to say, hey, you guys are saying that your DS200 tabulators with the network wireless networking card in it, that they're certified and tested. They haven't been. You have to tell the truth. They oh. had to be told to do that. Oh, man. Jeez. And, you know, and here's what I'm, I'm thinking. Again, I'm trying to figure this out for my audience is, you know, the people that are contracting these systems, they just don't know any better. They don't ask the right experts. And so they're being told, no, our systems are perfect. So they're turning around to the people and going, no, the systems are secure. That's right. They're repeating what they've been told. About. Some of them may be in on it. I don't know. You know, I'd like to give them the benefit of the doubt. Well, I suspect there's a little bit of that, but I, it, but yeah. I, I don't think it can be. I think it's more just people get the tagline right, just like the morning read, and then they just run around and say the tagline and say the tagline, that's, and, and that's not that's, good enough. That's right. They're trained, so it's up to citizens. citizens yes, have to go to their lawmakers and say, "Look, we don't trust them. Get rid of them, or we'll get rid of you." No doubt about it. Hey, Sean, I'm running short on time, but uh, why don't you give a plug for Cause of America? And uh, I thank you again so much for your time. Yeah, thank you. So you can you can find us at causeofamerica.org. If you're not already connected to your state grassroots organizations, we can connect you. We talk to most of them every week. What I would say is get involved. There's There's no citizenship occurring on anybody's couch. Get up, get in the fight. The country belongs to you, and it'll only keep belonging to you as long as you're an engaged citizen. So engage with your public officials, get connected to other citizens, and get in this fight for our for our election integrity. I love it. Uh, Sean Smith, thank you very much. Thank you. Take good care. All right. Yeah, there you go. Forgotten country, no doubt about it. KLIN 1499.3. All right, folks, uh, that's it. Retired Air Force Colonel Sean Smith. Today, election integrity tomorrow, Frogman Friday, we'll open the call lines. Voice of Lincoln, KLIN, 1499.3.